0: So glad to be here with you today. Uh, Excited to kind of continue this um, series we're in. And uh, I know I already shared a few things I'm thankful for, but uh, another one I really have been thankful for um, uh, recently is a few weeks ago as I was just sick, sitting in a room in my house for days. um, Thankful for the amount of, I just got texts, people praying for me, emails, people praying for me, uh, people offering to bring our family things. That's just one of those moments, sometimes when you're in a place where you really, really can't do stuff that you get to experience the community. And and as many of you in this room and and in our church, we're offering to help and care. And even just to get texts of people praying or a a scripture passage uh, was such a gift. And I'm really thankful that I have that uh, in my life. Um, I'm thankful for our small group and all the people doing that. So it's it's one of those things. I think often uh, you probably heard the same maybe as people shared what they're thankful for. Maybe there's a thing, but oftentimes it's kind of people. It's like who who I'm thankful for. Excited. And hopefully today we get to think a little bit even more about that. Another thing just to let you know about before we get into our um, our, our next uh, week here is uh, this fall we are starting a series. Just a few weeks actually. Uh, That we're going to go for a couple months. We're going through a series that we're calling "Made for God," and we're going to be investigating and looking into um, our identities and gender and sex. So I got no woos, woos for that. (laughs) Just, just maybe some people tensed up. Uh, We're really hoping to take an opportunity to say, "What what does it look like? What does it look like to have a safe place to say? How do I think about my identity? How do I think about others' identities? How do I think about?" gender, and sex um, in a culture that doesn't always line up with, with what we see in scripture, what we'd say God is calling us to. Um, and so we're calling it Made for God really out of this hope that for a few weeks we're going to get to spend some time just thinking, what does it look like to be people who, are, who see ourselves as people who are made for God and maybe not even for ourselves um, I'm really excited about this. And, and we're hoping to have some other opportunities in that. There's going to be a small group study and some other places that we can dialogue and even just just ask questions. And to be in space, maybe even just to learn what it looks like to talk about these things with other people uh, and, and still come out like friends and still come out feeling like encouraged and even maybe a place to ask questions that you're unsure sure about. And so uh, we're hoping that will be an encouraging uh, series. We do encourage you to If you're willing to pray for that, that also can be a a hard uh, series for us to go through because it is some um, very, very um, personal things uh, and very hard things that many of us have probably Went through and are even ourselves wrestling through, and so we're excited for this this fall. Uh, We're doing this series, and right after that uh, in November, we're going to start a series on prayer that we're going to go all the way through Christmas talking about prayer, and then in uh, starting in January, we are starting our series in the book of Romans, which has been a series that for many years at Hope we've been hoping to do, and right now the plan is to do Romans for a while. So starting January, we'll be doing Romans. I think honestly for probably almost two years with some breaks, but. Uh, we're excited for that. So we're going to do this topical series for a little bit, but that's coming up and uh, just be praying for that. And even maybe start thinking yourselves about what questions do you have? um, And how much have I thought about this and how much have I not? And and who are the people I can talk to about this? We're hoping that for uh, uh, at least six, seven, eight weeks, we can have some time to really dig into this together. I am very thankful the last two weeks I have not been up here preaching. One week I was here and Aaron shared with us. I was very encouraged by that week. I still have, have his little picture, his self-portrait he made. If you heard that week, he has this great self-portrait he made that just really captures how I feel sometimes just closed in. And um, I'm thankful for that. And I'm really thankful last week that Jordan could step in as I was sick. And I'm really thankful for this picture. If you missed last week, <laughs> nothing else. You, had, you missed this sweet picture Speaking of identity and who we are, look at this guy. Uh, Oh, this is like a highlight of my week as well, just seeing this old picture of Jordan. So thankful that he shared that and thankfully shared just some really good news with us last week uh, and really shared kind of the Good Friday story. And so I get to finish that incredibly like important culmination of all of our stories together today in our series but first, though, I want to kind of share why today I think is so important um, as we get to the next stop uh, in this series we're in. Um, there's something that uh, as people have had COVID, I was getting texts from people asking if I had the COVID fog. I don't know if anyone got COVID or if you just ever had been sick to a place or maybe you're so. I know in life I've been so overwhelmed with so many things going on uh, and like my calendar feeling so overwhelmed that I feel like I'm in a bit of a fog. Kind of unclear what's ahead and what's behind, unclear how to think about it, kind of in a place where I I feel kind of hazy and foggy. I love this picture. I think it really kind of captures that feeling of kind of unsure even like (laughs) what's going on when I finally want to sit down and like, okay, we're going to figure this out. I like can't even get thoughts together. I can't focus things. I can't, it seems like I, I don't know where to go. I'm not even sure what should be next. And I do remember this feeling a few weeks ago, sitting in our bedroom that I was quarantining in, uh, after a few days, realizing how much I felt that, like, relationally, that I had not really seen people, and it wasn't just a few days in a, I mean, I, I had to sit and, like, watch movies, it wasn't that tough and sleep. But I just remember thinking, I, I want to see people. I would hear people out walking by my house. And I'd open the window and like sit and watch them walk by. <laughs> like I was like an old man who was <laughs> peeking out the neighborhood thinking like, wow, so on- I so want me. I watched my family uh, practice volleyball in our backyard for like an hour and just sat and thought, oh, this is so great. I get to watch them from upstairs. They actually took a picture of me like creeping, watching <laughs> them nice. But I remember this, even the like relational fog, I felt like, started thinking like, who am I? And who are my friends? And, uh, and do people care? And like all these things started kind of coming in. And at the same time, I was trying to think, I know that in, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to preach on the resurrection. And I, I know it's real. I, and I was trying to read, read my Bible and it just felt like I'd read and it wouldn't land. Like the words couldn't get to my brain or my heart. It felt very foggy, and I think today, um, one of the things that the resurrection does as we look at it today is I think it gives us, it it kind of shoots through that fog, and I think it it gives us something to hold on to, and even as fog is around me, I'm still holding on to something. That's my hope today, is to encourage us in that, to share that good news again that we need to hear all the time, and hopefully maybe give us a little practical thought on like, why is the resurrection so, so important? And not just any stop, but uh, the stop on this. So if you're unsure, I keep mentioning this, but we're in a series called "The Story of the Bible" in 16 verses. We're just going through 16 really important uh, moments in Scripture to kind of kind of remember, or maybe for the first time discover why are these important? Why is? Creation and God making humans, and why is understanding the fall as we turn from God so important? Understanding Abraham and Judah, the Passover lamb, all these things as we went back. If you if you aren't, you can go back. We preached through all these, um, but why are why are these so important to understand? And ultimately, because all of these point us to a need for someone to come and rescue us, someone to come and be a sacrificial lamb for us, someone to come to be the good. Good king, the king of kings, the one who actually would rule justly and rightly and with compassion and love for his people, the God who could, could take dry bones and make them alive again. And so all these things keep building up throughout history. And then we have this moment where Jesus is born and Jesus then goes to the cross, this suffering servant, which we heard about last week. And Jordan shared this great little illustration here of this. Like all these things remind us of this moment on the cross, where, where Christ is dead on a cross. And so if you've culturally been around uh, for your, any of your life, you've probably heard Jesus died for you. Um, if you've been to church, for sure you've heard this, Jesus died for you. But today we want to remember that this happens, and unless this next thing happens, there's no reason for fireworks. There's no reason for celebration. In fact, there would just be a story of a person who came and seemed pretty nice, and we thought was going to do something, and then died and decayed in a tomb. But in fact the story doesn't end there. And so we have this great culmination of our whole story that goes to this our God coming and being willing to die in our place, but not just stay dead, raised from the dead. It's really the reason why we shared this story a few weeks ago of uh, resurrection promise. It's a story from Ezekiel where the prophet hears this hears from God and God gives him this vision of this valley of dry bones. Brittle, dried up, dead people, right? And he says to him, could these come alive? And then God makes them live. Remember, this is the cooking with Drew week. If you were around, we made macaroni and cheese. I launched my new line of Ezekiel 37 mac and cheese. It was a big week for me, um, real big week. And uh, I'm now announcing my retirement because I'm making a lot of money off this stuff. <laughs> and I was joking. Um, but it's just the week where we saw this vision of what would it look like for us to be people who are mourning brokenness, death, dried upness, and then life comes, right? It's says like flesh and muscle go back on the bones and these bones come to life again. So it gives us this hint. This will happen, it says. And today we celebrate, it does happen. And really not necessarily in the way we thought. In this story, uh, the, the question is asked, son of man, can these bones live? So he's looking at a, a valley of dried up, broken bones. It says, can these bones live? And the answer, right, if you were with anyone other than God, you'd say, no, they're, I mean, they're bones, this is it. They lived good lives probably, and this is their end. And in that story, we learn, I don't know. Sovereign Lord, you alone know, and we do know, how that story ends. And I think today I just wanna start us where we left off on the cross and left off in a story that I love to share. I think it's a really great little picture of where we find ourselves often if we forget about the resurrection and why there's just real power in remembering the resurrection. The story takes place with a group uh, of uh, two guys walking on a road and this happens right after the cross happens. In real life, in real history, These two men are walking after Jesus has just died. And in the story, Jesus actually comes and They are unaware it's Jesus, but Jesus comes to them on the road and they describe, I think, what, what I would be feeling and what often we're feeling as we look around, as we often feel like we're in a fog. They describe kind of the fog. So Jesus walks up to them. They're unaware that it's Jesus. He's made himself not known yet as Jesus. And they're, uh, well, as we, we can see, you can kind of picture what they're like. They stood still, their faces downcast. Isn't that a great image of, of how they would be there just as a kind of given up, kind of disappointed. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? There's probably a sense Jesus walks up to them and they look this way and maybe Jesus doesn't. He's like the friend who walks up like, what's up? And you don't realize like something terrible just happened. And they're all like, read the room, Jesus. And he says, don't you know what happened? I mean, they're just so, right? They're broken. It's, if this is the end, then this is pretty terrible. So Jesus says, well, what things tell me about Jesus of Nazareth? They replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all people. As they say, this person came named Jesus. He was powerful. He was a prophet. He he clearly came from God. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we'd hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels. Who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. There's like a little bit of hope the story. This Jesus came and we thought he was the one. We thought he had come from God and maybe he was the one who's going to rescue us. But then he allowed himself to be arrested. Our, Our religious leaders killed him. I mean, We thought he was the one who was going to raise those bones. We thought he was the one who was going to rescue us. And instead, he just ends up dead, dried up bones like the rest of us. We did hear this morning that maybe he rose or at least he wasn't there, right? The story that you don't really, they don't really talk about resurrection as much as he's not there now. Almost, almost more disappointing. I thought this guy was going to rescue us and he didn't. And then... Now he's not even there. Like, and he's left town. Like, what? There's just, a, there's just a valley of dry bones feel, right? There's a, the cross is incredible. Good Friday is really good only because of Easter, right? But let's sit here just for a moment. I think this gets portrayed also in a, there's a great story of Michelangelo. He's getting a tour in Europe of these great cathedrals, uh, these great churches, and he's walking through them. And they ask him what he, they think of like the artwork. And he asks a good question. He says, why are art galleries filled with so many pictures of Christ upon the cross, Christ dying? So if at that time, especially, there would have been tons and tons of artwork and it all would have depicted Jesus's suffering on the cross, him hanging on a cross. Why do artists concentrate upon that passing episode as if it were the last word and the final scene? Christ dying on the cross lasted Only a few hours. But to the end of unending eternity, Christ is alive. Christ rules and reigns and triumphs. It's a good question, right? He sees all these paintings of Christ. Then he's like, the thing we want to celebrate isn't that Christ died on a cross, but really the whole story that he died, but then he rose from the dead. Even the, I love the phrase, but to the end of unending eternity, to the end of the thing that doesn't end, eternity, He's alive. Let's celebrate that. Amen, Michelangelo. I like it. This is a good question. And so today we want to not stop there, but think what is the, so important about resurrection? What does resurrection do? Resurrection tells us that those dry bones can come to life and that our God can do that. And so our passage today uh, on our stop is from Romans one two to four and it mentions this word power and that's where we're gonna kind of land and actually it's gonna kind of push us in the next few weeks as we end our time here uh, in this series. It says the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and the holy scriptures. So it's just the beginning of Romans. Paul's introducing himself and he says there's this promise, this gospel, this good news that's been given throughout the scriptures and we know it, right, as we've been looking through the story. It's this one who's gonna come and rescue his people. The one's gonna come and die. The, the lamb who will be slain so that we all, our sins would be paid for, regarding his son who was to his earthly life was a descendant of David. So he's kind of even given this really quick overview. The one who came through David's line, this king. So he was not only a prophet, came to speak and tell us the truth, but he also came through David's line and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. It says this one came, through the spirit of God and he is now named, he's appointed, he's given this position as the son of God in power by his resurrection. He raises from the dead and like finally seats f- fully on his throne and says, now there is power in this resurrection. This is different than just just that he came and was a nice guy. It was different than if he just came and died for you. Hey, I don't want them to die. I'll die and stays dead. Instead, he he dies and then raises from the dead. This is incredible that he he doesn't stay dead. He overcomes death. And so there's there's a few different things that happen in the power of the resurrection, and that's what we want to look at. Today, what is it so important for us to understand the power of the resurrection? There's three things I want us to focus on. Uh, Charles Spurgeon kind of, he, he divides these into like, here's three of the really important elements of the power of the resurrection. Here's what we're going to look at today. The receipt of power. The resurrection is a receipt of power. We're gonna look, that's what we're going to look at here today. It's also a justifying power. It's a life-giving, wrath-absorbing power making right kind of power. The resurrection not, doesn't just say death has been overcome, but it says there's now a wrath that was supposed to go to you that went to Jesus and is gone. There's this great exchange that happens that we're gonna look at next week. And also he says there's a consoling power that death no longer gets the last word. There's this end times power that resurrection is important and powerful because it tells us what will happen one day as we all are resurrected. And it tells us that God is powerful enough to come back and make all things right. So today we're just gonna look at this receipt of power. Now, even where did this come from? Is evidence or proof to us and proof to those who oppose the resurrection or the gospel. This is this thing we can hold up and say, it, it actually happened. The work actually was done. It was actually paid for. He didn't just die. And Satan win, but in fact he died. And Satan probably thought he won, and then he rose. And that rising from the dead is this receipt of it. Now I get this actually from hearing a story um, from Dr. Tony Evans, and he, he shares this. He says um, it's so important that we hold on to this receipt of the resurrection. He says resurrection is the receipt. The work on Good Friday worked. You got your receipt. Did God buy your freedom? Is Jesus powerful enough? I have a receipt. It's the resurrection. Can you picture that? Like him pulling it out? Like that question is asked. Did God get our freedom? Oh yeah, yeah. The resurrection happened. Am I unsure if Jesus is big enough, powerful enough? Well, has he done anything to show how powerful he is? Resurrected from the dead. He's powerful enough. It's this receipt of power. That's what we're going to look at today. and Why that's so Important. Just take in this sweet graphic for a moment. This took me long enough. I want you all to look at it for a second. I, lo- I love this. I love this image. I think it's so helpful for me. And when I'm in a fog, whatever fog, I, I, need, some- I like need to grab onto something. If you remember last week, Natty shared about her tattoo that she has that said it is finished. And she said, the thing I, one of the things I love, she said something I can actually touch there's something about touching those words on her arm that reminds her that it's finished. And I think the resurrection is the receipt we have that the work was done, that it was paid in full, that death was due to us and it was paid in full. Just knowing that the resurrection happened alone is as if we were given a receipt that that work had been done. When I worked um, in college, I worked at Sam's Club and uh, it was uh, if you've ever been to like a Sam's Club or a Costco, when you leave, they check your receipts and it was like the worst job. I don't know if it was new or if people just didn't or completely unaware, but when it was your job to check the receipt and as you walk out, you have to like highlight have to make sure they have all that stuff. Really, you're just are trying to help people not steal stuff. You're not helping them not steal your, <laughs> stopping them from stealing stuff, but probably every three people, there'd be someone who would come up and say, I got all this stuff they got like giant boxes of mac and cheese and whatever. And you say, like, I just need your receipt to make sure you paid for it. I need the receipt to show that the work, you know, it was paid for. And they'd say like, well, I don't have it. I already threw it away. You know, how, how did you throw it in like 16 steps? You threw that receipt away or where'd you put it? And they'd say like, well, just let me go. And I'm like, I can't let you go. Cause my manager said I can't. And how do I know you paid for it? And the number of times, like I got yelled at. I just remember getting screamed at that like, how, how dare you claim that I stole all this? And I'm like, I don't, I'm not, I just, I need a receipt. All and you've been here how many times? You got to bring the receipt. And then I highlight it and then you can leave. It's like part of the deal, right? We all wait in line thinking, why do they do this? But it's part of the deal, right? That receipt you need as you walk out. This, this is it. We have a receipt and it's called the resurrection. We, I, I just, we can't, I don't want to gloss over. This is a part, I think, of of faith as a Christian The sometimes is really quick to go like, yeah, he died. Now tell me how like this can happen. Tell me how like my kids can be more behaved or tell me how my marriage can be better or tell me how I can be happier. And and we, we don't realize like this is a big deal that we have a receipt that says Christ overcame death and that it is finished. It really happened. The work actually was done. And only was that done, that receipt tells us that Christ died and he rose and that he saw all these people and that he left and he left with us the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, it tells us, but if Christ is in you, then even through, though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. It tells, because of the resurrection, we have life even when death comes after us. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, the same spirit that raised him from the dead is in you. That alone, we could just sit on all day and think about. Holy cow, that's in you, living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. I've shared this before. This is a passage that was early, early on in my faith that I read and I sat and I read and I read and I read. And I actually had to go, if you've had the experience, I went to a guy who, was, who had been sharing the gospel with me and, uh, like discipling me and, and studying scripture. And I went to him, I said, this isn't real, right? Like, this isn't true. Like, I don't actually have the spirit. He said, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead and that spirit that he, you have with you, right? That spirit actually is in a sense, a receipt. He, he left with you this deposit of this thing, God's spirit that reminds us and gives us power that we can hold on to that says, you you too will be raised from the dead and you too have this power within you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, this resurrection power that was left with you. So how could this look? This is where I want us to think, in the fogginess, why is the receipt of resurrection so, so important? Well, this, this is the image that, that I often think about, and I'm sure I've shared this before. This image is so important, I think, today as we think about this receipt that we have of the resurrection, this thing we can just hold on to before we even get next week to that, that there was wrath that was due to us because of our sin and the resurrection. Uh, good Friday and Easter takes that from us and, and exchanges this life for us before we even get to like that resurrection points us to this glory that one day we get. I want us just to sit, how good it is that you get to hold on to a receipt of resurrection. The the story goes that we were once living far uh, in a field on one side of the fence. I like the old, like, it feels like we're in England. Doesn't it? It feels more spiritual to me. Like C.S. Lewis is telling you this story. So we were once in a field, right, working hard for our master. A master who didn't really care about us, just used us, and we worked for that master. He'd make promises to us about that if we kept working hard, that we would finally find joy and peace. And maybe we find moments of that. We were really enslaved by a master who wasn't our creator, who didn't love us, who didn't really care for us, just used us. And then one day someone, a, a different master, a good king, a loving king, a, a king who's willing to even suffer and sacrifice himself makes a way to purchase all of us from this master. He climbs over the, the stone fence in the Irish countryside and he scoops us up and he says, I, I, I paid him. You're all mine now. And I want you to come over to my side. And I want you to, To still, you still get to work. You still get to be a part of this. But now we're a family, and now there's joy. And now I love you, and I'm with you. Now I want to give you, uh, empower you, and encourage you. But the thing that happens in our life when we've been bought, we've been brought to the to the good King, into His kingdom, into His family. We still hear often, I think, over the fence, right? the, the old master still creeps over the fence and, and pushes himself up over the, 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 the uh, stones and yells to us. So, so even though we're on the side, right, we've said yes. Right in this, in this image, image, right? We've seen yes to Jesus. He's rescued us. Yes, you died, but you rose. It's true. You've rescued me. I've said, yes, I believe it. You've brought me into, into your farm, into your kingdom. Now I get to do uh, be blessed and bless others. I get to work within your kingdom and, and love people well and, and, and be cared for. It's so good. I still hear all the time, my old master, yelling over the fence, right? It's not true. He, he doesn't love you. He's actually a lot worse than I am. You, you should climb back over. I, I promise it'll be great this time, right? You, you're not loved. You're not loved. You think you are and you think those others over there love you. It's not true. It starts getting kind of foggy. Is it? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not true. Come back. You, you know I'm your only hope. All you have is me. If you can come back and, and start doing this thing again, and if you, remember if you work hard enough over here, then then I'll give you everything you could ever want. We start hearing just, just the, the calls over the fence. We might even stop like, put our shovels down or stop our work or maybe even walk away from our, our new good king to walk over the fence and go like, well, maybe he has a point. Maybe it was really better there. Maybe that is my only hope. We, we kind of even leave this new good work that we've been given to consider. Maybe we lean on the fence. What else? Well, your new king is even real. He's, he's not who you, he says he is. He doesn't really care for you. Right, the, It starts getting foggy and we're unsure and maybe I do need to go back, right? You owe him so much, you know he's eventually gonna come with a bill, right? And say, I, you owe me so much for my death and my resurrection. You, if you don't keep up this good work, I'm gonna send you back over the fence. So it becomes a real fog, I really like, I've been liking this phrase lately. This has been one I've been praying about, that fear really is our future. They're really saying, hey, come come back scared and, and I'll do whatever you need to, to not make you so scared. Right? All just very ungospel things I hear. And what I need to do, what I need to do, when, I'm, when all those voices are coming, when I'm considering it, maybe Christ isn't who he is and, I need to remember the resurrection. I need to take out my wallet, my gospel wallet. Anytime you call it gospel, it it counts. My gospel wallets. I need to dig around in there and go, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I have the receipt, right? It was a Target receipt. Please don't make a connection between Target and the resurrection. Uh, It is a great place, but I need to dig into my wallet in the fogginess of like, what? What is true? Am I loved? Is Jesus my only hope? Is any of this real? Do I really owe God a lot? Is he waiting for me to do more so that he keeps me on his side? I need to dig into my gospel wall. I need to dig out my receipt and go, oh yeah, the resurrection. The resurrection, God died and he rose from the dead and then gave me his spirit. It's real. It happened. It happened. And if nothing else in the fogginess, I can hold up my receipt and say, the power of the resurrection is really, it happened in real history. A person died and really rose from the dead and then invited me in to God's family through that. And so we find ourselves standing uh, on the side of the wall and it's fuzzy and it's foggy and, and we're not sure. And, and we're surrounded culturally often by things that are, are ungospel, gospel and, and we're, What's going on? And I need to hold on to that receipt. Just as Dr. Tony Evans said, right? Is, is, God, is God really where my freedom is? Is Christ really powerful enough? And you need to go, yes, 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 yes. He paid for it. He paid for it. He paid for it. And the resurrection tells us, he loves you so much he would die for you. Of course he loves you. Is it real? Yes. He's a real historic person who rose from the dead. It's unexplainable. People who are not followers of God said, we don't know how it happened, but a guy did rise from the dead. This is a real thing I can hold on to and go, okay, if nothing else, I'm not sure right now, nothing else, this is real. The resurrection is real and I can hold on to this. As we're going to continue to hear voices say different things and you go, no, no, no. I have my receipt. It was paid for. I promise. And we get to leave Sam's Club. Don't make a connection with that either, whatever that means. But we get to leave, right? Because it was paid for. There's no question to it. One of the things I got to do uh, recently was, um, what, what, a couple months ago now, I shared that we were so excited to go to a concert and the concert got postponed and we didn't get to go. We finally got to go. Oh, and it was so, so good. We finally got to see Kirk Franklin and Maverick City, and it was a really great night. We just had to sing for hours uh, together. Um, it was pretty, pretty magical. And they sang a song uh, that's been one of my new favorite songs. And it's a song that, um, in the actual song, they take a moment and and they sing about how the resurrection is real. Like they just say that over and over: the resurrection is real. And if the resurrection is real, then these things are true. These are lyrics from this song. It's called "Fear Is Not My Future." which just alone, the phrase fear is not your future is a good one to remember. But it says, because the resurrection is real, because I have a receipt, because I can hold on and say, yeah, this thing happened, then fear is not my future. My future is not decided by what I fear right now. What a word, right? And they say, because you are, right? They're holding on to their, to their Jesus, to their resurrection receipt. Sickness is not my story. You are. Heartbreak's not my home, you are. Death is not the end, Jesus, you are. And they say this great line, hello, peace, hello, joy, hello, love, hello, strength, hello, hope. When we hold on to our resurrection receipt, we say to the enemy, sorry, fear doesn't get to decide my future. Brokenness doesn't get to decide my future. Sickness doesn't, even death doesn't get to decide my future but peace and joy and love and strength and hope too. It, 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 it feels a little simple, right? Like I'm just gonna leave here now and I'm gonna like open my wallet when I'm having a tough day and be like, this is a resurrection receipt. There's something really important each day of us waking up and going, Jesus, you died on a cross, but you rose from the dead and it's real. And you've offered that life to me. Something really important is starting there and not forgetting that important, important truth because we're gonna be thrown with all these lies and they're gonna be yelled over the fence at us and we're gonna say, what is going on? It's getting real foggy. We can hold on to that and start there and allow that to change you. The story of the two men on the road, they, um, as, as we wrap up here, I'm gonna invite our, our worship team back up. The story of the two men on the road is they actually hung out with Jesus and they said the next thing Jesus did was he opened the scriptures to them. And he said, hey, all of the scriptures here point to me, he says to Jesus. And they remind us all that in this moment, the cross and the resurrection are real. He, he opens the word of God to them and reminds them, right? He gives them, he gives them an opportunity to be reminded of the good news of this gospel. And it says their hearts burned within them. That's a, it's a great way to explain the fogginess kind of lifting. Their hearts burn within them because they encountered Jesus, because they're reminded of this good, good thing, of this life that comes from this resurrection. So that's my prayer for us, that we'd be people who would not just, uh, yeah, Jesus died for me and he rose, but, but what about, but would sit on that, hold on to that, be reminded. This tells us it was paid for. Your life was paid for and you have a future and it's love and hope and peace and strength and it's in Christ. A couple of questions I want us to consider here. We're gonna take some time to sing together. We're gonna take some time to take communion and pray together. A couple of things to maybe just uh, uh, to ponder. Do you know Jesus, the Resurrector, the one who brings life from dry bones? That's the start. Just do you even know that's for you? That Christ took you dried up, waiting for death, and has made you alive and alive forever. That he's not still just on a cross suffering, but he has come off of the cross and he's alive and well, as we heard Michelangelo say. And that's for you too. You're not just hanging, waiting for death. When do you feel or hear the voice from over the wall, the loudest? Maybe consider that what voice did one of those things ring truer to you. When, when is that voice? When does fogginess come? What ha- and what happens in that time for you? Consider that. Who is reminding you of the resurrection truth? What do you have? Because often when I'm in the fog, it's really not just me. I sometimes can't find my gospel wallet <laughs> or the receipt, right? I lose a lot of receipts. So wh- I can't find the receipts. So, sometimes I actually just need someone else to go like, hey, remember it was paid for. I need to be in line at... Sam's Club leaving, and I need that sweet other friend to go, hey, you dropped this. Remember this? Who are the people doing that for you in your life? And and then who needs to see your receipt of power and hear the resurrection truth? Who who in your life needs to hear just that truth? It it doesn't need to be real complicated. Just I'm feeling death. I'm feeling like dried up. I'm feeling all of that. I'm feeling the fog. Who needs to hear that? The good news that there's resurrection, that death no longer rules, that fear is no longer our future, that brokenness is no longer your identity, and that resurrection tells us that those things are no longer true and that Jesus has given us life. We get to be people who bring that good news. Um, We're gonna take time then to sing together and just proclaim that good news. Out in the hallway is communion. If you wanna grab uh, communion, it's an opportunity for us to really hold again the death and resurrection of Jesus, remember that good news that Christ died and was broken and his blood was shed for us. And also there'll be people in the back of the room available to pray for you if you just need prayer, if you need someone to maybe just remind you of that or there's something right now you're feeling or maybe there's some fogginess that you just need to share and have someone else pray, uh, encourage you, maybe just pray resurrection Truth over you. Uh, there's people who love to do that, so please take advantage of that. Let me pray for us, and we'll keep keep moving here to worship. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your kindness and your love towards us, and that you that you rose from the dead. That that dry bones can become alive again only through your power, and I pray we would hold on to that. We we'd cling to that really true feel simple but so profound news that you rose from the dead, that you, you're you powerful enough that death can't even hold you and that now you give us that spirit. I pray we would cling to that. I pray today as we feel broken and dried up that your, your spirit would come on us and it, it would encourage us and give us life. I pray even for boldness of those who need prayer that they're willing to to go and pray. I pray for boldness of, of people willing to even pray for others. pray in all that your spirit would work today as, as we worship you. We pray this in your very good name. Amen.